With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, last night of March. I don't know how you celebrate, but we celebrate with a Deep End Dynasty podcast. Four weeks from the draft, four weeks from now, we are shouting each other on Twitter about why would the Packers have picked another quarterback in the first round? Things like that. Cannot wait. We are getting into the deep end tonight, right, Adam? Cody Carpentier will join, and we asked him for a a few rookies he wants to talk about. He's been to pro days, and he knows it. And he gave us a a, a serious hashtag deep end list. So let's get right to the Sharks and talk for a minute, then talk to Cody. Welcome to the deep end. So in sports radio, once in a while, someone tries to prank you with a made-up name. Like, they'll call, like, what do you guys think about John McEntee uh, this draft season? And, you know, like, oh, no, he, you, you try not to be embarrassed. You're like, oh, no, he's going to be good. And then you realize he's your friend, your your caller's friend. And so, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I follow it a little bit. So do you. Cody sent us a list of names. Holy cow. I mean, this is definitely deep-end caliber. Uh yeah, for sure. And I know you were like, hey, are you good with these names? I want to get better and, and learn myself. That's why I'm here. That's why this is the deep end. And he's going to he's gonna bring up some names that I, I haven't gotten to yet. So that's I'm super excited about, about that. There is, there is a chance he'll bring up a name of a friend of his, and we will not notice. We will not know <laughs> I won't pretend like I know these guys, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. All right, before we do that, a quick thing. So Billy Muzio has been on with us in the past, and most fantasy players who are all over social media know who Billy is at this point, I think. And he invited us into a high-stakes dynasty. It's deep-end dynasty, high-stakes, deep-end combined. It's everything we do combined. Now, you and I are going to be partners in this. And so how does that work? Like you, I, I, I felt comfortable offering that or asking that of you, Adam, because... I know you have dynasty teams that you split and I don't, I feel like this is not exactly kosher for me. This is a little bit hard for me to share decision-making. How do you feel about it? How do you think it'll go? Yeah, I I think it'll go fine, especially with, you know, it's four hours a pick, right? So we can, we can talk, we can text, we can, whatever, you know, it's a much harder, I've done higher stakes leagues, than this um, with, with partners. No, I'm saying with partners that we've get, we've been able to work through it with 30 seconds a pick or a minute a pick. So I'm not worried about, about that at all. Um, uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. What's going to be interesting is the trading and who we want to target for trading and what we, we haven't even talked about like what we want our draft strategy to be. Do we want to stay put, trade up, trade back, you know, um, it's been it's it's been fun already in the in the chat with people talking about yep. how they won't join unless it's you know unless it's more money or, or or whatever. It's just it's just great. It's so it's just so much fun. 
Yes, and, and let me just say, apologies to the guys who can't be bothered to join a $1,000 annual <laughs> commitment That's I mean, right. in, this, in this thing. That's right. This um, is the deep end, Mike. It's, it's the deep end. I feel like I, I need it. And it's the draft, but it's also trades. Like, you brought that up, and even lineups, perhaps. perhaps. I mean, I've split teams, and I, I'm confident that you and I have a good back and forth. You know, pros versus Joes last year, we, we figured it out. That's a key thing. You know, you can't partner with just anybody. Right. So you, you, have, you have to have a basic understanding, the same sort of uh, principles or process. You know, you have to sort of have some kind of common ground when it comes to process. And then also, like, all right, who, who's going to be the captain now? Do you really want this? Is it 80-20? Is it 60-40? And I'll give you this one. But you have to assume they're going to do that for you. And Louis G and I, I think, have a good balance when it comes to that. I think you and I will too. So we're going by we, I mean me. We are going to find out what being in a one thousand dollar <laughs> dynasty league is is like against like the best of the best too. I mean, sure, yeah, yeah. it's going to be. We're going to have lots of. It's it's good for content. We have lots of content every. Oh, week. see, that's There's... that's the problem. The, the problem <laughs> is content. Like, oh, I'll just do this. You know, in radio, I'll sit on the top of the billboard for a month. Because content, because I don't have anything else. I'm just going to do it. I know it's good for work. I know it's good for business. <laughs> so I, I am not doing this for content. I've got, I've got plenty to say. If, if we're doing this for content, you know, let's just make a new plan because I, I don't. No, uh, we're, we're like doing it. To, to, we're doing it to, to win. Okay. And if there's anything. We're doing it to win. And if there's anything worth ruining a friendship over, it's fantasy football. Okay? <laughs> so, so don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. On that note. Let's welcome our guest, Cody Carpentier. Yes. This guy, I have admired this guy's work for a year. Um, it was it was last summer when we met Cody at the Expo in Canton. Yep. And I'm, I'm getting in ready for draft season this year. And here's Cody. I mean, Malik Willis has his pro day and everybody on Twitter is talking about it. And then Cody comes on with a video like, all right, he's in his car, Adam. He's like, all right, I was just there. <laughs> I was in the room. This is what happened. It's perfectly clear and smart and good. So, Cody, it is our pleasure to welcome you to the deep end. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate that. You know, and and when you said come to the deep end, I was like, hey, I I heard you talking about you know all the deep prospects. I sent you, and I was like, hey, we're going to deep end. I got I got to bring it. I, I didn't know what you guys were up to. So, um, yeah, but the Malik Willis thing was awesome, and uh, yeah, I just appreciate you guys bringing me on to chop it up with some rookies and some dynasties. So, I really appreciate it. Yes, our pleasure. Yeah, I remember meeting Cody, Cody and Zach and everybody yeah. at uh, the expo at the bar. And then Pillard right. came along and just bought for everybody. That's you know, right. we're hoping to recreate that. What a night. Are you going, Cody? You going again this year? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I heard it was filling up really quick. So, you know, last year, I think I waited till I don't know, maybe June to get to get my tickets for it. And I saw everyone was like filling up. And I think I got like one of the last rooms at the Doubletree. And I was like, Phew. oh. <laughs> He's rubbing it in our face now. He doesn't know we got squeezed on that. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if I squeezed you. I wonder. No, you made it. That's fine. Totally squeezed. It it went to a a true OG. Well, (laughs) you know what helped that expo last year was weather, because that Saturday night when we're out at that downtown pavilion and the Browns game is on and the yeah, like that's a perfect that's a perfect summer night. That that's football weather to me right there. It was very nice. Very nice. All right, Cody, so the NFL draft, a month away, four weeks from tonight, we'll be arguing about first-round picks. 
When it comes to quarterbacks, if we can start there, seems like that's where most of these conversations should start. I mentioned Willis already. How many quarterbacks do you see going maybe? What would be your guess in the first round? And how much separation do you think there is and or, or should be between Willis and the others? Uh, I, I think there should be more separation than there is. Um, I do think, you know, Pickett deserves that first round conversation. Um, Corral and, and, and Howell, I think are a lot closer than people think. I think a lot of people have Corral, you know, quite a bit further ahead and the Corral thing. Also his stock has fallen a little bit just because he missed, you know, the senior bowl, he missed the opportunity to go to uh, and really throw at the combine. And then he threw last week at old miss. He hasn't run. We just haven't seen a lot because he got injured in the, in the bowl game. But um, overall being at the senior bowl, being at the combine at being to Malik's pro day, like to me, he is the furthest along out of all these guys. Day one in the NFL, pro ready. I would probably take Desmond Ritter, um, and, I, and I think he might be getting an unfair shake as well in this whole process. But you know, I think Malik, from an overall you know upside standpoint, I think Malik should be quite a bit ahead of these guys. And and to answer your question, how many guys I think are going to go in round one? You know, Bucky Brooks dropped a mock the other day with none. Um, Daniel Jeremiah had a mock with one guy going and, and both these guys, then the next day go into a pod and they're talking about, you know, actually, I think this is, this, but <laughs> it, it's kind of weird how they go back and forth and that stuff. But for me, I had a mock out, uh, this last week and I had four going off the board. The fourth one was Pickett at 31. Um, I, I think a good number, you know, I don't know what the Vegas number is right now, if it's two and a half or three and a half, but mm-hmm. I think, I think there's a good chance we see four guys going off the board. Do they deserve to go off the board all in round one? No. The, the talent level is not up there, but, you know, um, I think they will just because the amount of teams that need something like the, there's only going to be a couple quarterbacks next year that everyone's looking at. Right. They at least need someone to get in the door. You need to have Carolina's in that situation. You know, Atlanta could use the dart. They could throw the dart. Washington could use somebody. Seattle could throw the dart. Like there's a lot of teams that you could throw the dart. Detroit, you know, I, I think you're going to see four guys go off the board. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. They're always they always end up end up finding a way right in the, in the first round there. Um, and I was thinking too, too, you know, they, they, the 40 yard dash is like the thing for the running backs yeah. and the receivers. Okay. Let's see what their 40 yard dashes is the new thing for the, for, for the quarterbacks when they, when they run that, that play action roll out left, swivel the <laughs> hips and launch it as far as they can. Malik did it. You know, I've seen people have been throwing the Josh Allen one up there. Zach Wilson, that was his like claim to yep. fame last year. Is that like the new thing? I mean, they've probably been doing that throw, but I don't know. Ever since social media the last couple of years, is that the new thing for the quarterbacks? It, it's, it, you know, it's bad when you started the question and I knew it was coming because <laughs> like that's exactly what everyone went to, right? Was the Josh Allen one. And it's that exact roll out left, come back all the way around right. And and they make it look like it's a lot harder than it actually is to make that throw. But <laughs> again, like they, they got two feet planted. It wasn't like the Mahomes ones you see in the game where he's off centered and, and does it. But yeah, exactly what you said. Josh Allen, Zach Wilson, Malik did it. And then of course, what was it the next day was uh corral had to come out and do it. I think, uh, I think Ritter even tried it. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't watch Zappy today, but yeah, that's, that's the new thing. It's like, Hey, how far can you throw? And it's like, Oh, Willis threw 66 yards. And I was like, yeah, that was a nice throw or whatever. And then people are like, it was actually 74 because it was across. And I was like, really? Yeah, that's what we're that's doing. Right. We're, we're measuring, <laughs> you know, like Jamarcus Russell could throw it out the stadium, but you know, did that really get him very far? No. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah. But, yeah. And on Allen, like 
his first two years in the league, he overthrew every deep pass by five yards. So it was great Correct. that he could throw it forever, but you know, that's not the name of and the it, game, I guess. And with, with Allen too, and you know, this, especially being up in Buffalo is it's not like he came into the league and he had the intangibles. He worked with Palmer for a couple of years and it came around eventually. He got all of his technique fixed. So coming in day one and it just, you know, that's just not it. The distance thing is like, it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, but Josh Allen's one. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that comp with Malik Willis too. And I couldn't be further from the truth in my opinion. Listen, Cody. I mean, one of these days, this is our third year. This whole thing between Adam and me is headed for sort of a, God versus science, you know, evolution <laughs> uh, conversation because, I mean, Alan is a miracle. He is a miracle. <laughs> His running sort of blew our minds right away early on, and it might have kept him on the field, you know, because year two they make the playoffs uh, anyway, and he was he was definitely getting better by year two, but his running and his rushing touchdown numbers are just, like, so amazing that, uh, you know, they had the draft pick investment and they were going to keep going. So there was nothing surprising about that. But, um, man, like, was, what, what a topic he is. I was going to say, wasn't it uh, – God, was it his rookie year? I was in, in Minnesota. They came to Minnesota. Yeah. And they were 17-point dogs. Yeah. And uh, we had sold our season tickets and we went up, went up north camping for the weekend uh, with a whole group of dudes. And we went into a small bar to watch this game. We were like, oh, Minnesota's going to kill them. I think they were 16 or 17 point dogs. I think that was Allen's rookie year. And then right. we ended up losing by 30. And right. that's when he jumped over, over Anthony Barr. And I was like, okay, okay. You got, you got to think about this one a little differently. So it was like a minute away from being Minnesota's first home shutout loss ever. Uh-huh. It never, it was a pass to Rudolph right at the end, 24 seven. But yes, like the, it was, uh, we're talking to Scott Fisher about that. Cause I just met him and he's yeah. up there. And like, what, what are you guys doing? What, what is, this is not supposed to happen. That's so right. uh, memorable game, right? I mean, that's his first win. That's his first win. Hey, real, real quick before we move on from quarterbacks, Andy asks, is a Malik Willis, Tyrod Taylor? Maybe he's telling us. He's not asking. See? Yeah. He wants do us to Do you know. see, do you see that? Yeah. Andy, Andy knows. And Andy's my co-host on the future cast. And uh, I've, I've discussed this topic with him before a year, year and a half ago. Uh, it's way back on the Twitter threads, but uh, I, I pulled the, the Tyrod Taylor comp for Malik Willis. I, I think he's, I think he's improved. Uh, that was a year and a half ago. So I think he's improved vastly. Um, but yeah, I think that's a close. I mean, a lot of people want to point to Vic. They want to point to Robert Griffin. They're like, Oh, he's got legs. And then they want to go Josh Allen. Cause he got the arm. And it's like, I think he's more of a Mariota Tyrod Taylor, Justin Fields, like in that mold, you know, he, he's a, he's a big dude. He's a, he's a thick dude throughout calves, quads, shoulders everything's way bigger in this dude than than those those slimmer guys so yeah tyrod mariota fields i think that's where he, where he profiles best so yeah andy andy knows superflex like 101 is he the pick at this point we don't know landing spot yet and does that does that decide what we do it's it's very close uh you know a couple weeks ago we had Brees hall clear shot 101 uh willis has closed that gap uh, mightily um, I think he, I think he will be a top five pick. And if he's a top five pick, we're probably going to get some day one usage. If it's not week one, it's probably going to be, you know, week four, week five, whatever the situation may be. And I think with that, with his rushing upside and, and his passing ability, I think ideally you get that, you know, six, eight weeks of, of, of resting behind somebody, you know, like a lock or whoever it may be. Um, and, and, and then he comes out, but I think it's really close. It's razor thin to the point where it's, 
exactly what your team needs. You know, if, if you have Big Ben and, and Brady as your only quarterbacks in, in your Superflex, yeah, 100% I'm hitting that quarterback button. But, you know, if, if you have a little quarterback stability, then I'm going running back. And I think that's exactly how you have to weigh it at this point going into the draft without knowing. Yeah. So Hall is the player there. Let's move to running backs. Hall and Kenneth Walker, there's a little bit of space there in the betting lines. And then there's a big space after Walker. Do you feel like they have that right? Yes. I, I, you're talking from the betting lines, like as far as getting drafted when they get drafted. Right. Yeah. I think, I think so too. And then in, in fantasy, especially this, the difference is exactly like that. It's Hall Walker and, and then the field and, and the field's a big drop off after that from the draft, from the draft standpoint, all I've seen is Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker in the first two rounds. Um, I've seen a little dabble of uh, James Cook. Um, I think the Spiller thing's dying off a little bit, but I do still think he's going to be a second round pick. Cause I think the NFL uh, likes him a lot more than the media has started to, uh, I some part of me still believes that there's a chance there's a chance some team might uh, take what Kenneth Walker did last year and, and weigh it more heavy uh, than what what Brees has done the last few years, which I don't agree with. But, uh, you know, we saw it with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We've seen it in years prior. Um, the recency bias. And I don't know. I, I, I'm all in on Brees Hall as, as the first running back off the board, but it wouldn't shock me if Kenneth's you know 2021 season uh, maybe pushes him over the t- over the top for a specific team that maybe doesn't value things correctly or something, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of uh, the CEH draft a couple of years ago where, you know, we all kind of liked everybody. I mean, I liked CEH as like, Oh man, when he goes in the third round to some team, I'm going to snatch him up and guys aren't going to expect. And then he went in the first round. Yeah. Uh, but yet, you know, I don't think any, nobody had him as the number one. Nobody had yeah, nobody. <laughs> As and I have a prophet. So yeah, I mean it's crazy, crazier stuff has happened. I just absolutely love Brees Hall so so much. I think he's gonna be a stud for whoever. Yeah. You know, he's got the size, the speed. You know, I I don't know about the footwork in the vision. That's not my you know f- forte, but uh but yeah, I mean I, I think he's gonna be really, really good. I think so too. I think everything everything with Brees is technically sound. He makes the bad stuff look good, uh, in my opinion. That's really what 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 elevates one guy from another. You know, Kenneth Walker. We didn't see all the receiving work, but uh, there's there's rumors that there's some, there's some practice footage out there that you know Daniel Jeremiah got, but nobody else got. Uh, that he's a pretty Ooh. good pass catcher. So you know, if if that if that's true, if the NFL got that footage, eh, maybe maybe there's a bump there. But again, like mm. like you said, like there's I don't see any anything wrong with Brees' profile. I think Brees has a pretty uh, clear cut, uh, a perfect, almost perfect profile. And when you, when you bring up the comparables on player profiler from a, a college metric standpoint and, and an athleticism standpoint, the top five comps, that's how we do it. We have a best comparable and then, and then five close comparables. It's, it's a nasty, nasty crew of guys. Uh, we got John, Jonathan Taylor, LT Barkley, uh, Herschel Walker, like the, the whole top end of these guys. <laughs> I there's no room for Bo Jackson on that list, or uh... that's what I'm like. It's literally JT, Adrian Peterson, Herschel, Ladanian, and Saquon Barkley. Like that is as high as you can get in the database. Yeah. And from from what he did in college, almost 4,000 yards, almost 60 touchdowns, a 44% college dominator. The athleticism he showed, like, and again, it, I mean. The rushing style, I put like a more of a Demarco Murray on him, but like when you're pulling those comps from athletic and what you did in college standpoint, I think it's going to be pretty hard for Brees Hall to miss. That's a Just Madden so. slash NFL slash Tecmo Mount Rushmore. <laughs> that's of sorts. that's right. what I said. I was like, I don't, I don't feel. I mean, this is going to look, this is going to look funny, but going to press, but it's. What what are you gonna you can't you can't be like oh well you know these are too good of comps, but like when yeah. when, he, when he earns it he he earns it you know. 
So, Cody, how important – Oh, Adam, go ahead. I was going to say, are the Vikings going to trade three drafts worth of picks to go get him? Like they was that <laughs> is that who traded for Herschel Walker? I can't remember. Was I even alive? Min- no, Minnesota. I'm the old one. Minnesota drafted <laughs> Herschel Walker, and then Jimmy Johnson traded or Dallas trade Dallas drafted. You got it right. Yeah. Dallas drafted okay. Herschel Walker, traded him to Minnesota, and okay. not only got the number of picks, but they got written to the rules. We could cut all those guys and get first round picks instead. So uh, yeah, I'll stop talking. Yeah. But that was the <laughs> Walker. Yeah, who's now teaching evolution lessons or evolution uh, history in his attempt to run for uh, government, run run for governor office. So, yeah, I wasn't sure what to think about evolution, but once Herschel Walker started talking, (laughs) now I feel like I know. He clarified Um, Brees Hall landing spot. The CEH lesson seems to be a cautionary tale. You know, Um, he wasn't anybody's number one, like you guys both said, and then he was drafted by the perfect team and first round, everything else. Like now he, he was number one in all those rookie drafts. Once the draft flipped it, what do we need to have learned from that? From, from would you, you said Brees Hall's landing spot. Well, if Brees Hall, if, if somebody likes Walker, if somebody lets their quarterback make the pick, like happened with the chiefs that night, Oh yeah, yeah you yeah, know, okay. if Walker ends up going in front of them and we all like that opportunity better and Hall is more, Seeming like, well, he's on a team that has someone else that we're yeah. drafting already. Do we want to ignore that or what? So, so, so essentially, like if Kenneth Walker went to like Houston or Atlanta, where the opportunity's there, and if Brees Hall goes to like a Dallas, where it's like, hey, right. you know, he's going to mix him the next year. Like you're saying, like that, basically. Right. And that's the right. thing is like, it, it depends how you weigh it. And, and as a fantasy owner, it's like, if Brees Hall goes to Dallas, and this is a hypothetical, obviously. Um, if Brees Hall goes to Dallas and he's sitting there and he's splitting carries with Zeke for a year and you can get Kenneth Walker, who's in Houston or Atlanta. Yeah. The teams are, 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 are poor, but he's going to get 250 touches, 300 touches year one. That's something you got to weigh in. And these guys are, are pretty similar uh, from, from an athletic standpoint and from an output standpoint in 2021, it's like, then you start having that conversation. And then if that happens, if that scenario happens, a hundred percent people will be clicking that Kenneth Walker button over Brees Hall, just because the athleticism did measure up. And that's the one question I had with Kenneth coming into the combine. And the whole process was on tape. Honestly, he looked like he runs a four, five, five, and then he comes out and he, and he runs the four, three, eight. And it's like, okay, that's a, that's a different ball game here. But before the draft, that only lands landing spot again, Brees Hall overall, everything, everything looks better on paper. But in that scenario, I, I would say Kenneth Walker would, he would close the gap. All right. Adam, I'm sorry for busting in on Herschel Walker. You had it. <laughs> no, I was, I thought it was, I was you just wondering. It. I was, I was wondering. <laughs> um, you had it. Like, no, I no, Minnesota had nothing to, all right. No, yes, they did. That was Minnesota was the whole point. <laughs> Mike Lynn. Here's Cody, who's from Minnesota. That's right. That's I really right. should have sat that one out. <laughs> all right. Wide receivers, so many names, much more competition for that top pick, right? Cody, are we going to see, teams draft their top wide receiver like we've maybe seen a little bit the last couple of years based on body type or style or what fits best for their roster and if if that's generally right like if the premise is right that makes it really interesting to try to predict the first round yeah 100 and, and i think they will too so you know we saw um ron rivera go to the ohio state pro day last week and there's like only a handful of pro days I think he's been to outside of North Carolina in his entire time. I think it was like Cam Newton, uh, maybe Patrick Peterson uh, pro days. He was at that Ohio State one. A lot of people pointed to, you know, Olave and Wilson. 
but Stroud was throwing and, you know, they might be in the quarterback market next year. And that's one where like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to bring in a guy like Olave or a guy like Wilson in that offense. When you have, you know, Curtis Samuel, a, a Terry McLaurin, a Deami, like you have a lot of guys in that same mold that, that place, you know, and, and, and with Carson Wentz, it's like, I would see a Drake London or something like that going to Washington. Right. And that's, that's the body type that I would angle at, but Maybe Washington doesn't feel the same way, right? Maybe, uh, maybe Philadelphia doesn't feel the same way. Maybe the, everyone's going. It seems like the last you know couple of seasons they've been going away from that bigger body guy, and it's been your, your Devonta Smith, your Jamar Chase, your Jalen Waddle, and these guys seem to be getting smaller and smaller. Um, we kind of labeled Matt kind of Matt Kelly kind of labeled this the archetype. It's these guys that are in that five ten to six foot, one hundred eighty five to two hundred pound range, and that's kind of where all these guys keep coming in outside of. Uh, London and Burks in this class, but the landing spot thing is like that is what's really going to make it tough predicting where guys are going to land. Like I, I put a Dotson in Green Bay, um, that one feels right, but again, they could also go after a guy like a Pickens or a Watson because that kind of fits that mold of what Adams was or what a Jordy Nelson was. Uh, um, you look at like Tennessee, they had Corey Davis in there at one point. They have AJ Brown currently. Who, who, who would fit on that other side playing in that, in that wide position? It would be like a Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, in my opinion. But they could also feel like, hey, we need to go out and we need to get another big bruising wide receiver like Corey Davis, but better. And then that's when you start having that, you know, maybe Traylon Burks goes there. Like, and, and that's, you know, I hope that kind of answers the question there. But um, I think it will depend on what the teams want to do and how they want to build. But I think it, it leaves a lot of question and caution in, in, in predicting where the landing spots are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And, and, you know, you brought up the Ohio State Pro Day. Like, didn't McLaurin and Samuel both go to Ohio State? Like, maybe they just love those Ohio State uh, <laughs> kind of five ten to 6-foot receivers. I mean, Ohio State's, a, you know, they they smash with the, with the receivers and in, in the corners for the most part, too. It's just, just, it's just a place where you can almost lock those guys in that they're not going to really bust, you know. Um, not to mention Jamison Williams. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There. Couldn't even make the cut at Ohio State. That's right. Wow. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really like this, the depth of this, of this class, the first round, you know, teams get teams get, um, they feel like they need these receivers at the end of the, at the end of the first round, you know, green Bay's got, got a couple spots to fill now and, yep. and you could see, you know, a couple teams have a couple first round picks. You could see them making, uh, maybe they getting two, two receivers. We'll see. That's that's kind of what I thought too. Was I thought like with Green Bay where they're sitting and where Kansas City's sitting, uh, with their capital yeah. in those first two rounds. Even Detroit, if they really wanted to do it, uh, they could double down thirty two and thirty four. But um, Green Bay sitting there, what are they at twenty two and twenty eight, and then they're at at, at uh, fifty three. Like they could hypothetically get a receiver at fifty three and something in the twenties and go and go offensive line. Kansas City the same thing. So I mean, these two teams could definitely load up a receiver, and that it wouldn't shock me at all. So, Cody, so that we don't keep you all night, you've done a lot of research. You sent us that list of names. I mean, that is a very <laughs> deep end list of names. Um, about eight or ten guys that don't come up in these conversations usually. So, I, I don't know what round of a rookie draft we're usually talking here. Maybe third of the earliest. Who are two or three of your favorite deep end picks, if I may? So, so Bo Melton right now is a guy out of Rutgers who's running that four three forty yard dash. Uh, he's going off on mock drafts between three ten and four ten um, in, in super flex drafts. This guy four three four forty yard dash five eleven one hundred eighty nine pounds. You may not have heard about him because he went to Rutgers, and Rutgers is, I mean, bottom of the barrel in, in college football from from a from a 
production standpoint. He had 600 yards each of the last two seasons. Um, he's had over 400 in the special teams game, 93rd percentile college target share, 81st percentile college dominator. We got him best comparable to Tyler Lockett on playerprofiler.com. Uh, when I was down at the Senior Bowl, kind of going into the Senior Bowl, uh, me and my co-host on the Futurecast, Andy, talked about Bo Melton and being like on, on film and on paper, yuck. Like we're not fans of this guy. And then he shows up to the Senior Bowl and the way the Jets used him in practice all week, it, it was telling about who he was as a prospect and who he was as an NFL player. They used him uh, literally in like that Braxton Berrios role the whole week in practice. He was getting jet sweeps. He was getting bubble screens. He was going downfield. This guy can do everything. And, and, and so Bo Melton there, uh, like I said, going off between 310 and 410 in, in these rookie drafts with an average ADP of 38. That's the dart I want to throw um, late in these rookie drafts at a receiver. 5'11", 189 pounds. He's not undersized. He's going to come in and he's going to get the opportunities early and often because he's willing to work. And this this is one of my favorite later round prospects. You know, Cody, real quick, how much do you think college quarterback has to do? Because, you know, I got this list about an hour before the show and, and a couple of these guys I'd heard of, but Bo Melton wasn't on my radar. I went and I just watched, you know, YouTube on him and he looked, like you said, he looked really, really good good he only scored three times and I'm watching him run he ran like a like a sluggo and the quarterback almost threw it out of the back of the end zone I mean he had to tiptoe yeah. like our, he kind of reminds me of like a DJ Chark you know Chark's bigger and, and and stuff like that but you know his quarterback in college was terrible and then he goes to the senior bowl and I think he won MVP at the senior bowl he just lit it up uh mm-hmm. do you think college quarterbacks can really hold these hold these guys back 100%. That's that's something like, you know, there's another guy, Jalen Tolbert with South Alabama. He he fought against that, and, and he had 1,400 yards. So, like, he can fight against it. But then you're at a, at a situation like Rutgers where Bo Melton was actually a four-star prospect. Uh, he had the opportunities and offers from Penn State, Michigan, Oregon, Ohio State, actually. And, and he chose to go to Rutgers. Uh, and, and it was kind of just like a weird thing. Like, why would you do that when, like you said, the quarterback situations are going to be vastly different at those other schools. And, and they have another guy, Isaiah Pacheco, that played running back. That's another elite, elite athlete. And, and the quarterback situations, wherever you play, um, like you said, one of the most important aspects of college football and getting yourself to that next level. Right. Um, you know, you think about Clemson right away. You think about Clemson always turning out these big receivers. You think about Ohio state always turning out these receivers. And, and what is the thing that you always see with that quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence, Ohio state, you know, Dewey Haskins back to Troy Smith, all everyone all the way through the whole process. It's continue. It's just building that franchise up or that, that, that organization up and, at Rutgers, it just isn't like that, and, and you saw that on the tape. It's it, that's why it was such a hard one to watch because it's when the quarterback plays bad in college. I mean, I don't know what there is. Couple three, four hundred quarterbacks that have to play college football every year. There's going to be some bad ones, and, and that's that's like you said. Outside of your own talent, like you can't throw yourself the ball. So right, that's right. Opportunity here to mention the name Cardale Jones, Adam. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. What, okay. what was the quote? Ohio State and a great bill. We ain't, here, we ain't here to play school. Isn't that the quote? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, Cody learned a lot. It's so nice to hear from you and talk to you tonight. Uh, follow Cody at Carpenter NFL PlayerProfile.com. You know, you can tell. I think if you're if you're listening and watching tonight, uh, how much how much there is to learn from him. So uh, thank you, buddy, and we'll see you in Canton at the latest. Most definitely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Always a great time. Thank you. Thanks so much. Our pleasure. Buddy. All right, Cody.
So the draft is one month from tonight, and uh, time Great to get stuff. back to the back to the books, Adam, and and start over. And I know. Re- I love regrind. Regrind. Yeah, regrind. Yeah. No, that's that's such good stuff. And and just to list a guy like I'm gonna you know start diving into those names and and uh, and it's funny because the cool thing about dynasty drafts too is the the the, the slow drafts. It gives you time to be like, okay, we're in the third round, and it, I'm I'm out of players that I'm that I've even heard of or that I'm confident right. in. It's time that you know it gives you time to kind of go to go look at kind of the stuff that Cody's doing and stuff that they're doing at Draft Sharks and, and say, okay, these guys have been grinding the film. These guys have been finding guys at Rutgers whose quarterback stinks. You know who might who might be good. Well, and that's interesting too because most of my dynasty leagues offer cut veterans as well in those same drafts. I mean, one yes. or two will do them separately, but yep. most will blend in the guys that were cut from rosters with the rookies. And it just seems to me like it's almost never worth it to pick those guys, players who it's often tight ends, I think, or backup quarterbacks that have not emerged and done well enough in the league to deserve to be protected in rosters like that. So um, I think usually you're better off taking that shot on a rookie that maybe you've never heard or read anything about. Yeah. And, and Austin says, how do people not like Tyler Goodson? Well, let me tell you something. He likes Tyler Goodson. That, that was on the list. He didn't, yes. he, he didn't get to Tyler Goodson, but yeah, he, he, he does like Tyler Goodson as well. I also like t- t- Tyler Beatty's another one that I think is uh, underrated. He reminds me, you know, a little bit of like a CEH, like a, a short stout, great balance, you know, a nose for, for, for the end zone. I like Tyler Beatty too. So it's a couple, a couple of late round guys there. I'm more in the Scott Connor mold, which he was on with us last week. And he said, I let other people do that work. Sure. You know, like if NFL teams can't tell the difference when they draft these guys, who's good, who's, who's not, then I'm not going to pretend to be able to do it. But if you consume enough information from the likes of yourself, Adam and Cody and others, then you're going to have a list. And I think what you think, you know, can work against you in these drafts. It's, it's better for me. It's, it's, it's more sort of, comfortable for me to take that consensus and then like a lot of us are drafting enough teams where you can get that diversity too and end up with guys that you don't know a lot about but you know that other people have stumped for yeah i i completely agree i love using like comparisons to like fantasy football like poker and it's like you can you can you know you've got your your first round picks those are your pocket aces your your big slick suited and and then you can you know you can get into a hand with you know nine, 10 offsuit and hope to hit that straight, but you play enough of those, you're going to lose enough money. Uh, and so, so yeah, no, I totally hear what you're saying. Um, go with the, go with the good hands. Cause th- that, that, that's what the pros say, say to play. What is big slick ace King ace King. That's my nickname. Mike. I don't know if you know that I got, I have, what's one of my, one of my nicknames it, it, around it, these here parts, big it, slick. It, it, okay. AK. Let's, let's, let's comp you and I to poker players. So if you, hmm, it's been a long time since I, paid close attention to the poker sphere. Okay. But uh, I put myself on Phil Locke, I think. For who? You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unabomber. Put the thing up. I'm more of a – I'm more of a – oh, Phil Locke. I see it. I see it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Lock it in. Lock it in. <laughs> Lock, no it in. Lock it in. I'm more of a Phil Helmuth guy, Mike. I like to I like to complain oh. all the time about <laughs> about other players. I know you can't imagine that, but I'm more of a Phil, a Phil Helmuth guy. Instincts. Listen, Phil Helmuth said, if luck wasn't involved, I'd win every time. And that's that, that's my 
That's that's the way I look at it. That's your justification for hitting on uh, fifteen <laughs> against a five. I gotta it's, tell you, I went to the casino over the weekend. I went to the casino this last weekend. Instincts were not. <laughs> I was not very instinctive over the weekend. Hashtag math. Oh, uh, unlucky. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag <laughs> by the book. You must That's have been right. unlucky then. That's supposed to be That's very been unlucky. It. All right. Send us your comments at DeepEndFF1 on Twitter. Adam, we have guests coming up the next couple of weeks as we get closer to the draft. You want to mention that? Yeah, we do have some some guests. I've um, been in contact with, you know, the, the, the Draft Shark guys are always, are always right, right around the corner whenever we need them. But I've been talking with Dynasty League Football, DLF Football. We're going to get them on here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and next week we're going to have fantasy mojo on, he's going to break down all of, so tonight, you know, we, we, we got to get to it tonight is, is uh dynasty cut down day. So you got to get your rosters down to 16 players tonight. So I have one mojo, cut left. Do you want to weigh in? I have, I have one team left to cut two, two guys on, but I think I know. All right. Go, 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 on, go on. Let's do these. Cause well, I, could use, do I don't know which to, which to cut, who to cut. Jarvis okay. Landry or Corey Davis. Oh, my, I would say I would cut Corey Davis. I think so too. I have, cause Jarvis Landry is like a lottery ticket, right? He might end up in a really, in a really sweet spot. You know, you That's know right. What I mean? And he'll probably get a, a pretty good contract and that would mean he's going to matter for somebody. I like Davis and I think there's, I mean, there's a pretty good chance he's, you know, playable with the Jets. It's best ball. But um, I think I like Landry a little bit more, a little bit safer, even though it's maybe ironic because he's not on a team yet. But I I feel that way about him. I would pick uh, Landry over Davis, too, but it's close. How about you? So I have I have to cut two of these three players. Uh, FFPC tight end premium. Um, It's uh, super flex. Not not that it matters. I'm not going to give you a quarterback, but Raheem Mostert, Jamison Crowder, Robert Tanyan. Give to cut two. I have to cut two, and my only other tight end is Dallas Goddard. I'd keep Tunyon, and unless I was like four good running backs in, this is a cut to sixteen. I assume I would. I have have eighteen. I need to get. I need to cut two of them. So it's Crowder and Mostert then. Yeah, I would cut Crowder. Yeah, I've got Ridley taking up a spot on the bench. You know, I've been trying to. I've been getting low ball offers for 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 Ridley. Yeah, Matt Schauf sending me low ball offers. Okay. What's he so, offering? Uh, he offered me like a, he offered me a second next year or something. Like really, what's what, what's really twenty eight? He's not. He's not. You know. You know what? I think I would take it. You would. Yeah. Is he good? Like, is Matt good? Probably is. Yeah. Is Matt. Yeah. Matt so Schaub. Pick yeah. pick twenty next year. Yeah, but if it was a second round pick this year, that'd, that'd be one thing. I can use it next year. Uh, it's like what, next year you're going to ask me, hey, would you rather have Calvin Ridley who's going to play or a second round pick? It's so much. It's such a much better pool, though. I think next year could be. Well, I don't think you have to do it, but I don't think I hate it. How about that for middling it? I, uh, I would cut Crowder because like because McKenzie because how many catches is it? He's not going to be 2020 Beasley. I think they could still draft somebody. I think they should in Buffalo to fill out that, that passing game, that offense and Mostert, he never stays healthy, but some of that is fluky and he's just so fast on a team that doesn't have a clear cut answer. So I, if, know, I if, might just turn around and, and draft Mike. I got, 
I got offered. I just got an offer, a fourth round pick this year and a fourth round pick next year for Robert Tanya. That would save those two guys from me from me cutting them. But that I wouldn't do. I, I, I think he he might be playable and. You're, you're shallow year. at tight end. You're not going to draft a rookie tight right. end that's going to mean anything. So Correct. I think I, I would I, keep I, him, and I would take a chance on Moster. I think Crowder is pretty replaceable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Crowder in uh, in redraft best ball in the 14th, 15th round. I think he's fine because uh, he could get the Beasley role from last year, two years ago, uh, and that's exactly where Beasley was being drafted. So I'm okay with that. But, you know, these cuts to 16, man, these are just – brutal there's so many especially super flex like i'm keeping you know i'm keeping three quarterbacks i got alan burrow and i'm keeping Jameis winston you know so it's like yeah that's that's three spots are right there so well you should right i mean that's that's easy yeah. that's an easy decision yeah i think I, I really like that about that format ffpc dynasty to cut to 16 it, it is hard i mean good players get cut on all kinds of teams uh, right so it makes the draft a little bit more interesting and it's a good format i think for sure. Okay. So as I was saying, send us your comments. If you have any at Adam Krautwurst at Mike Shope or at Shope talk, in fact, on uh, Twitter, and we'd love to read them. And then next week is Tuesday for high stakes. We'll talk about, I mean, that new league is going to fit into both shows probably, but more of a, you know, uh, maybe a lean toward the, the dynasty show with the draft being a month away. And we will talk a lot about prospects and strategy here in the coming month. Yeah. So, and, and, and real quick too, I, I don't know if I mentioned Mojo's coming on next week and he's going to break down all of the players that were, that were cut from dynasty. He's going to crunch all those numbers um, after tonight. And, and we'll be able to do a little deep dive on that, that next Thursday night. That's good. I know he's been tweeting today or at least once he did that Dalton Schultz was a popular cut last year. Yep. With Blake Jarwin there, and that made sense to me. Uh, but Schultz was v- very productive, and now you would never do that. And maybe Tunyon is that uh, is that guy? Maybe he's this year's Dalton Schultz. There you go. Don't no, no fourths. Get the fourths out of here, right? I Get know. the fourth round pick offers. Uh, we don't want any fourths. Good luck and good night. Good night <laughs> and good luck. I should have said that's, that's right. a line. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you on Tuesday. See you guys.